0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday, the 20th of May. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, It is general advice only, so please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this briefing, and if you need to, you can always pause the slides here and read our disclaimer in full, and if you're listening on the web, on a podcast, wherever you may be, you can head on over to marcustoday.com.au, and you can uh, read the disclaimer there, and also find all the other wonderfulness that we have on the website as well. All right, well, an interesting session in the US market. So we saw the Dow Jones close down again, 237 points or 0.75%. That almost feels like an up day, 31,253. It had a far more modest trading range last night, only about a 500-odd, 550-point trading range, which is unusual for the Dow at the moment. It had a high of 79 points positive. And a low of 474 negative, so uh, closing pretty much in the middle of that trading range last night. The Nasdaq fared a lot better, down 0.26 of a percent, 30 points, 11,388. And the S&P 500 in the middle for diddle, down 0.58 of a percent, 23 points to 3901. And in a better sign, I guess, for the market in terms of optimism, we did see the VIX index falling. Uh, down 5.20%, down 2 points to 29. Amazingly, through all this route in terms of the market where we've seen the US close to a bear market, official bear market, which is down 20%, it is down around 18%. That VIX index has not got to really silly elevated uh, fear levels that we saw in the past with some of the the temper tantrums that Wall Street has thrown uh, because of uh, various Fed heads and various uh, Federal Reserve Chiefs putting rates up. But uh, certainly last night uh, we did see some economic data out of the U.S. Jobless claims up 21,000 to 218,000. J.P. Morgan lowered its GDP forecast for the U.S. for 22, 23. But it was a far calmer night, but still the same old issues rumbling around inflation, interest rates, growth, and of course the dreaded words of recession and stagflation taking its toll on the market. So that is uh, very much in ascendancy at the moment. But the SPY futures were only down at 9 points or 0.13%. So we did have a bit of a, a nasty day yesterday, of course, down, what was it, 118 points. It looked as if at one stage it was going to try and rally and close below down 100, which almost felt, again, like a positive day, but uh, not to be uh, just slightly... Uh, falling away towards the end. But commodities, this is going to be interesting for our market because we are a commodity economy. Uh, Brent crude up $2.93, $112.04. Hard to see inflation getting under control when you have oil prices which feed into everything. Transport costs, we're seeing that with Target and Walmart. We're seeing it across the whole supply chain. Higher transport costs, higher import costs, higher fertilizer prices, higher everything prices. So, Brent crude up 2.69% last night, $112.04 US cents a barrel. Uh, the WTI price, $112.21, up $2.62 or 2.39%. So, that uh, WTI price now above Brent crude. Gold had a great night last night, up 1.4%, close on $25.30, 18 dollars Iron ore did well, up 0.84% as well. Or a dollar and nine cents back up to above 130. Uh, We are seeing some signs that maybe China is on top of its COVID issues and the economy there, or at least Shanghai, opening very slowly. So that's a positive for the market. And of course, the Chinese government doing a bit of stimulus as well. So iron ore 13101. Other commodities, though, a pretty big night for commodities. Copper was up 2.5 percent, nickel. Had a 8.9% rise. We had aluminium up 2.46, zinc up 3.9, lead up 1.4%, tin bouncing back nicely up 4.5%. BHP in ADR terms in the US was up 3.2%. Rio up 1.9. Freeport mcmoran up 3.9%. Alcoa up 2.6. Tech up 2.03. Anglo-American up 1.6. Vale up 38 uh, Glencore unchanged. Arbomile up 1.3%. So it does bode well for our resource sector. That nickel price was a big, big jump. Nearly 9% last night. So all eyes on the usual nickel suspects. Panoramic and, of course, we have uh, Poseidon and nickel. Uh, Western areas, it's game over for them. But certainly nickel uh, should get a little bit of a bump today. The Aussie dollar, 70. percent with one day to go before we vote on the election. Who is going to govern us for the next three years? 70.49, so a little bit of strength there in the Aussie dollar. Here you can see the S&P 500. We see uh, a little bit of a uh, toing and froing, a little bit of a higgledy-piggledy market. The US market can't really decide at the moment. Uh, Certainly the downside is the easiest and most likely path, but uh, every now and then we do get those bounces. And last night... I guess it tried but failed, closing relatively near its lows. I guess on the S&P, but the Nasdaq not quite so bad. Uh, we did have Apple down 2.4%. Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, down half a percent. Google down 1.3%. Microsoft down 0.4%. Amazon was up 0.2%. Tesla unchanged. Netflix up 3.6%. U.S. banks were a little bit mixed. J.P. Morgan down one and a half. Citigroup up 0.9%. Goldman Sachs up half. And block up six point two percent as we saw Bitcoin rally uh, one uh, rallied back up to thirty thousand one hundred and eighty seven three point eight percent better, so that obviously helping block, which has been a big buyer and a big holder of Bitcoin. major stories last night coming out of the u s and europe u uh, s stocks ending lower, that late session slide not helping. Uh, and Australian stocks apparently set to rise no matter who wins the election. That is what history would suggest. Global economic, uh, the global economy is facing stagflation amid growing risk of recession, persistently elevated inflation from dis- supply chain disruptions. JP Morgan lowering its US GDP forecast for 22 23. That was out a couple of days ago, I must admit. But the market is starting to focus on it now. Economists cut China growth forecast on weaker macro activity. That's not, it's a bit of a no brainer, that one. Fertilizer prices expected to remain high for two more years. BHP already looking at their Jansen potash project and uh, trying to bring that forward because of those high fertilizer prices. Japan trade deficit widens as weekend drives sharp rise in imports. And the Australian unemployment rate is giving. The coalition, a bit of a boost in the last few days before the election, falling to a 48-year loan. 1974 was the last time it got into the threes. In WA, it was in the twos, uh, but the RBA is expected to hike in June. Uh, The uh, unemployment number, very, very good at the moment, but it probably helps that we've had very little immigration and we've had very little uh, student uh, immigration as well. Those student places still, with China locked down, still very much uh, under pressure. Goldman Sachs says U.S. equities pricing in higher probability of recession than evident from largely positive macro indicators. And a slim majority of economists expect PBOC to reduce one-year loan prime rates on Friday. Well, it's Friday. Let's see what happens. ECB sources suggest a 50 basis point hike garnering support. Interestingly, Egypt, not that anyone looks at Egypt, but they put in some pretty big rate rises yesterday to try and curb inflation. They went 2% on their rate rises. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen anywhere in the Western world or in uh, the US or Australia, but uh, certainly it shows that there are some central banks that are willing to go hard early to try and get that inflation out of the system. Shanghai has eased some lockdown curbs. More residents are free to shop for groceries. First time in nearly two months. And China has enough policy room for economic challenges, says Premier Lai. What to expect today? Well, we did see uh, weakness in Europe, but they would have probably seen more weakness in the U.S. So we are nine points down on the spy. But those metal prices, the oil price and the gold price and the iron ore price are going to help. BHP, especially up 3.2% in the U.S., uh, will help. So uh, we might see our market try and take some tentative signs to recover. But no one is going to be too brave given that we're it's Friday, there might be some book squaring before the weekend, but let's face it, the Dow could do anything tonight. It could be up a 1,000, it could be down a 1,000, we don't know, but certainly uh, the market will take it very cautiously, especially as we're on the cusp of that election, and we should know by early tomorrow evening. At 7 o'clock is the earliest time that Anthony Green has ever called the election, and that was Don's party. That was the one last time when Bill Shorten... Uh, lost the election. It was impossible to lose, but yet he did. Anyway, let's uh, see what happens tomorrow night. A lot of people, though, have voted early, so that makes life even more interesting. But it does mean that we could get the results through sooner rather than later. So we shall see. Uh, Target in the US fell another 5% after its 25% fall on the previous day. Massive, massive fall. And Cisco, also in the US, slumped nearly 14% supply chain constraints. There, well, we all know about those. Woodside, the clock is now ticking for the merger completion. The vote was yesterday. Almost 99% of shareholders voted to complete the merger with BHP's oil and gas business. And there's more in Henry's take on that today. But uh, hopefully that will be consummated. I think the 2nd of June is the day that that will be consummated. And BHP shareholders will get an in specie distribution of uh, Woodside shares. Interesting move yesterday from Reckon, which was up 45%. Signed a deal to sell its accountant's business practice for $100 million, uh, which was actually more than the market cap. So that's the reason why it jumped 45%. because It does have two other businesses in there as well. Interestingly as well, Navarti NOV, owns 20% of Reckon. So they've had quite a good payday stock at the moment in suspension uh, in the trading halt. So I'd be uh, interested to see how that one reacts. But it's only 21 cents. In the Australian today, APA, which has been the subject of one or two bids in the past, could be back on the agenda for some merger and acquisition activity. So that will be interesting to see how that pans out. But certainly there are certainly people looking at long term infrastructure plays. And one uh, bidder potentially reckons that they could uh, speed that transition that APA is facing as we go green. IGO says it has successfully produced battery-grade lithium hydroxide. This is its JV and WA with the Chinese. So that's an interesting one there. And 10-year yields are coming under a little bit of pressure at the moment as money has been flowing into Treasuries as safe haven buying. It looks like some safe haven buying in gold as well, finally. Uh, the US 2.84, Australia 3.38, Germany back under 1%, 0.94%. And at the moment, we have G7 finance ministers And central bankers, not sure what the collective noun is for central bankers, I'm sure you can come up with your own, but the central bankers are meeting in Bonn in Germany, Uh, they're all there and uh, we've got Janet Yellen uh, very much uh, in the, uh, the frame there and talking about the economy, so that's interesting and we could get more from the G7 finance ministers over the weekend, so something to look out for. Question of the day today, will the market do better with the coalition or Labour? We've seen historically it doesn't really matter who wins. Uh, The market does tend to go up. But of course, we are living in interesting times, as they say. So do you think the market will do better under coalition or Labour? There's not much to choose between them, to be honest. Uh, It's whether you like or dislike Scott Morrison more or less, I suspect. But uh, that's the question of the day. Will the market do better with the coalition or Labour? That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. As usual, we'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights there. It's a great group. Members helping members is the motto. Of course, there's three other podcasts in the Marcus Today podcast stable. We have the Morning Meeting in the Marcus Strategy podcast, the On the Desk podcast, where the team in Melbourne discuss all things financial, and my On the Couch podcast. And I'd urge you to have a listen to that one this week. James Hawkins from L1 Catalyst Fund, who's done very well. They have a highly concentrated fund of around 10 stocks, but they have done very well since inception there, James. Smart guy, lots to say, and an interesting take on Qantas as well. If you're interested in Ask the Analyst tonight at 5.30, I'll be running the uh, latest Ask the Analyst live uh, question and answer. You can ask me anything you like, whether it's about the market, whether it's about a stock, whether it's about a sector, or whether it's about life in general, always happy to answer questions. So looking forward to engaging with our members there this evening. And of course, for those that can't make it and got better things to do on a Friday night than listen to me ramble on for about an hour, then it will be recorded and you will have access to that later. But that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.